0: and you're listening to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living
1: abroad. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Today we're talking about a subject that is scientific, mathematical, logical, but also an art and can feel magical. Feng Shui. It means wind, water in Chinese, and is a practice of arranging your environment so that the energy, or qi, flows gently and smoothly through your home and business environment. According to feng shui, the proper arrangement of objects in your environment
0: deflects the bad chi and invites the good chi to flow into your lives, therefore supporting what you want out of life, whether it's a better career, new
1: romance, improved health, or more income. Feng shui is not a meditation practice, a religion, or a new age cult. Joining us today to help us better understand this science is Samita Khanna, a certified feng shui consultant with over 20 years of practice and she discovered
2: feng shui by chance. Well, you know, like if you're a creative director, you're on call 24-7. It's like being a doctor. And uh, I just found it uh, that I was struggling, you know, I wasn't being able to give my child time. I didn't have a second child because of that. You know, I didn't have the time, literally. And, you know, my home was getting ignored. A lot of things that I wanted should manifest, you know, like properties being sold, my Canadian uh, citizenship coming through, all that was not happening. And so when I went to Calcutta to visit my parents, my mum actually guided me into this course. She said, there's this wonderful lady I know and just go and do some, learn about feng shui from her. It helps you to organize your life. And so I just went and did it. It kind of transformed my life. She took the course in Feng Shui, hoping it would offer relief
1: from a hectic life. By the end of the course, she knew that this is a science she wanted to explore further. After getting back from a holiday, she started applying all the tips that she had learned to her life and saw her life change. She quit her job easily, something she struggled with before, and all the things she felt stuck in her life began to move. Shortly after, she moved to Canada with a plan to pursue her career
2: as a graphic designer. I was going to do web design courses because I'm a you know, creative person, graphic person, but I didn't. They had these wonderful feng shui courses on offer very close to where I was living. I did those. It was with this lovely lady called Savetta Maria Young. So I did the basic course and she then chooses, hand picks students that she feels she can coach to do the advance. And out of 20 girls, she picked me because she made us do a few exercises and she just thought that I was a natural so I did that with her for two years and so all this was done in a very you know uh, I did it very um, as if I'm doing college or something you know it wasn't just done for a lark I just completely forgot about doing any graphic design courses or any web design I just did feng shui
0: we've all had years where things move in the direction we wanted to everything is smooth and effortless And then there are years where everything is a struggle. Here's one explanation for it according to Feng Shui.
2: So when you say earth science, it's all about earth energies, the meridians of energy flowing underneath, around you. So the year you're born, you absorb the energies of the earth that year, with the earth's rotation, planetary activity and all. You because we are all earth. So you absorb those energies. So the time when you're doing well, you, you know, because the year, the year energy that year is very similar to the year that you were born, so it's very conducive to your own energy. So you happen to be, you know, achieving things very effortlessly. Similarly, you come across roadblocks and all in a certain phase of your life. It may just be that at that point in time, it's very contrary to the year that you were born. So there, it's so the job of a feng shui consultant. When I'm talking about energies, I'm talking about elemental energies. Like the green of the east, the wood element of the east may have been flourishing in that year. So you absorb that. Maybe this year, it's kind of down. So you're not benefiting. So my job when I come into your home is to energize and enhance that element for you in the correct location.
1: So what are some of the general principles of Feng Shui?
2: The principles is starting first and foremost, clearing your clutter. Now, when I'm talking about clearing clutter, it just doesn't mean moving things away and keeping them inside. When you talk about clutter, you start from the outside of your house Mm -hmm. and you make sure that there are no dead plants, there are no broken down pots, there's no broken light, that your door, main door is in total repair and it's not in disrepair because that's the mouth of your house, that's the entry point into your domain. So it's where your house is breathing in from. So it's like when if your lungs are constricted, you can't breathe properly. It's the same concept. So it starts from that. So you have macro clutter and micro. So I'll start with the macro. So when you come in, you make sure that the pathway is clear. And so you, you don't have, you need to have broken things and the doorbell should be working. All those things. Then when you come in, you must make sure that you do not have objects that you haven't used in years. They're redundant objects just sitting there. So what's happening? Now every direction has a life aspiration attached to it. For example, we'll talk about all eight later. For example, North is career success. So if you want to jumpstart your career and you want to enhance your career, you enhance North. North also has an element designated to it, which is water. So you activate the water energy and it jumpstarts your career. It helps you along. If I walk into your home and I see like a huge pile of magazines. And a big fat plant right next to it lying in the north. So, what are those magazines doing? They're actually sitting on energy. And then, what did that do? It depleted the energy of the north. So, you didn't, so you were wondering why my career is like at a standstill. Why is the person sitting next to me doing much less work than me, going places? And here I am just, you know, doing my best and not going anywhere. It just might be because your whole north in your house is totally bogged down. And when you put a big plant there, even though plants are fabulous feng shui, their growth and... But in the north, what are they doing? Because it's wood, it's absorbing that water energy, so it's weakening the water. That's how feng shui is done. And that's how you also come to know what are your roadblocks. You know, so that's just an example that I've cited. Mm -hmm. So feng shui principles are that no clutter. So that was, this is all macro. So what is a micro clutter? Micro clutter is your desktops, your phones get rid of files pictures what have you that you don't need read an email which you will not need in future delete instantly clear your junk folder because when you go on your laptop and you're looking for a document sometimes you won't find it so what happens is when you're going through clutter looking for something important it's not just the physical uh, time that's getting wasted your whole Chakras you could say your whole from head to toe inside your alignment is going Mm -hmm. so for example that on the same day If you had a meeting later in the day, you are already out of sync Mm -hmm. So when you go you do not relate and you do not Maximize your potential when and specifically especially if it's a very important meeting, you know so you just go and you just kind of are already lost in your thought maybe you didn't yet find the document and it's still playing at the back of your mind. I have to get back, find it, get back, find it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you. so this is how it works, the clutter, mm-hmm. in completely bogging you down. Clutter
0: just doesn't occupy the physical space around us, but impacts our mental space as well.
2: Samitha cites an example of this. I did a a course called Clutter Therapy with Lena Visconti. So it was over two days, so on the first day, she taught us all about how to organize clutter and all. Then she said, I want you all to get one object tomorrow that every time you see it, it irritates you and it kind of depletes your energy. So this woman, she bought her a beautiful gown, you know, so we were like stunned. and, And she said, whatever you bring is going to be destroyed. This woman got this gorgeous gown. So why do you have it? Why do you bring this gown? She says, my mother-in-law gave it to me during my daughter's christening and she has always hated me and I had a beautiful gown that I wanted to wear but then she gave it to me and then you know everybody's expectations and whatever, so I had to wear it and I hated every minute of it and that was such an important occasion and I haven't been able to get rid of it because it's so expensive and all but every time I open my cupboard and I see it, my whole day is like kind of spoiled. So I'd really like to like give this to Goodwill. See, so uh, why didn't you get rid of it in the last 20 years? Give it to somebody who would enjoy wearing it. So those are small examples of how unnecessary things can make life really, you know, irritating for you. And then it goes on to affect the rest of your, uh, you know, other things that you need to do, important things. For those of
1: us looking to move into a new home, What are some of the things one should bear in mind while choosing a new home?
2: So when you move into a new space, first and foremost, make sure that you leave the clutter behind. It's so much nicer to declutter before you move than to take all that clutter to that house and then try to declutter. So I'd say that. Travel minimal. Then, when you're looking for a house, just use your common sense. Try not to choose an apartment which has the garbage receptacle thing right in front of you, the garbage room. Or right next to you like you're sharing a wall with the garbage room mm. now you have this uh, thing in feng shui that you should never have a home at a T-junction so when you when you're choosing an apartment if you if I say this apartment is at a T-junction it could be that the entire apartment block has a road coming and hitting its entrance mm. and it's at a T-junction so energy always has to flow to you it should never come in straight lines mm. when it comes in straight lines it smashes into you So try and look for a building that's not not at a T-junction. Then when you go in, look at the apartment where it's located. If that apartment has the corridor coming straight at your door, you know, so you're at the end of a corridor, not on the side of the corridor. The door is at the end of a corridor. That means that the energy, by the time it's reached you, it's hurtling towards you. It comes and smashes into your apartment. It doesn't benefit you. In case you do already have been given an apartment like that, then there are ways of slowing down that energy by plonking a couple of plants on either side. Plants are very powerful, uh, receivers and givers of feng shui, you know, good energy. Mm -hmm. So you can put two plants, so it will slow down the energy. So you can do those things, but try not to. Or, you know, the exit of every floor has an exit that with the staircase. Mm -hmm. If it's right in front of yours, The energy gets confused, whether it should flow into your home or go down those stairs. And when it's a villa, then again, definitely not at a T-junction. And secondly, that you're not like right next to a mosque or a cemetery or a big school is right next. Because what you're doing inadvertently is you're attracting all the negatives towards you. Schools are beautiful. Children are the most pure form of yang energy. But what's happening? That school is right in front of your house all the energy is going into the school none is coming towards you if it was a little further away that's fine but i'm talking about like right there if there's a a, a temple or a mosque or a church right in front of you those are places of worship but what do human beings do when they go there? what do people do you also go there when you want to pour out woes when you're mourning somebody you don't want that yin energy coming towards you that's a very powerful place It'll suck away all the power that's supposed to be coming in towards your home. Remember, it's the energy flow meridians. You're right opposite a cemetery. It is a place of yin energy. Feng Shui mostly explains
0: how this energy affects our surroundings, lives, businesses, and how we can harness it to maximize its benefits in our lives. So what can one do to harness it
2: best within our homes? So you create harmony by by actually, when you're doing up your home, please buy pieces, use things that you feel good looking at and try not to use too much stuff. Make it a little more zen, you know, and use colors. that Don't make your uh, home look like a primary school. Lots of different colors, wallpapers and colors, you know, too much vibrancy. What it does is burns you out. So have a nice yin and yang balance and harmony of... Like for example, I tell people when you're using sofas, if you have a beautiful beige neutral sofa, you can put a, you know, a bevy of cushions on it with different colors. But if you've plonked a red sofa here and a green one there, you can't do much about that color. So if you have say a red sofa in the east, it's a wood direction, you're burning that energy. So be careful. And if you do want to use a particular color, Try to read up on the feng shui, like where, which location can you place this. And buy furniture, even if it's a square or a rectangle, but it has rounded edges, if you can help it. It's much better. So because, say for example, it's a coffee table and we're all sitting around it. I'll make sure that I'm not sitting in front of that edge. Because that edge, whichever part of the body it's aimed at, is going to affect that part of the body. If it's your knee, your knee is going to start paining. And if you're continually sitting there, if it's your house and you sit and watch TV for long periods of time right in front of that edge, it's going to have a long-term effect. You'll wonder why your knees pain all the time or why your shoulder pains, because there's a cabinet behind you in your office or a pillar, you know, which has its edge aimed straight at your back. So, you, these are, so if you do have a pillar like that in your office or your home, Just think of a very smart way of covering the edge, put a beautiful plant in front of it, or hang a lovely, uh, you get these lovely hangings, you know, like these uh, garlands or whatever they call it, long strings of either flowers or anything, you know, something creative way of obscuring those edges. Now, when you have plants, must make sure they're not pointy leaves. You know, like I I love the lucky bamboos. So when I get them, I, I snip off the leaves at the edges, so the edges become like a straight line and not a point don't keep cactus or bonsai in the house what what is cactus it's got lots of needles you love cacti then just have them on the outside of your garden as protection but not and not where you're sitting in your garden more towards the boundary and bonsai is what stunted growth so it's not letting it grow so that actually because east is health and growth and nurturing what you're then doing is the wood element when you're pushing it down you're pushing down the growth and everything of your children, of your husband, of you, of your family members, you know, so don't get bonsais, if you can help it. See, what happens is that the way you present your home to somebody is the energy that is going to enter your home, because if I'm coming into your home, Ninora, and I I see it dilapidated and when I enter, it's like, you know, like not giving me a good vibe, then my energy which becomes negative, it stays in your house and it stays there and flows around. So, and if it was just the opposite, you know, I felt good, I felt good, then that is the kind of energy that will stay. Whether
1: one believes in feng shui or not, the energy is at work and we've all experienced the impact our environment can have on us. The relaxed feeling, the aromas of a spa inside, the high energy or buzz one feels walking into a busy restaurant. This chi affects all aspects of our lives and Samita shares an example of what bad she can do.
2: I did the penthouse of somebody in um, Mumbai. So I'm not going to mention them. So they were living in a penthouse. And the gentleman there, elderly gentleman, he was suffering from water filling up in his stomach and lungs. And, and you know, everybody in their house, all their sons and everybody were always like, Something or the other going wrong, either with their business or they're fighting among each other. All kinds of horrible things happening, you know. So money is not everything, you know. Health is wealth. So when I walked in, I saw a lot of things that explain were very self-explanatory. But the biggest thing that I noticed, apart from having like really horrible paintings and artworks and statues of, you know, very sad-looking clowns. They may be lardro, but they were sad clowns and you know, paintings showing women being oppressed, pushing out from under ground, and terrible stuff. And uh, right in the dining room, how are you supposed to be healthy? The worst was that his bedroom, his and her, his wife's bedroom, was right under, and it's a penthouse. So I said, I need to go have a look at the roof. And the entire water tank of the whole building, which had like hundreds of apartments, was on top of their bedroom. So they were literally sleeping underwater, drowning. And even the the bathroom door was opening onto his, uh, the abdomen area, you know, like he was sleeping right next to it, you know, in the bedroom that he was occupying. So I made them switch bedrooms and all and it made like a huge difference, you know, huge difference health wise and everything. I give Feng Shui full credit for my, uh, so many good things happening to me, you know, it literally transformed my life. That's why I went into Feng Shui. Art that has
0: a sad undertone, daggers, rifles that incite violence, antiques which come with residual energy, both good and bad, of the ones that owned it before, and clocks which in feng shui mean passing of time in the wrong way, are very common in so many of our homes. These physical aspects also affect one's mind.
2: Everything is to do with your mind. And mind is very strong. You have no idea how strong your subconscious is. You might think that, you know, I'm all hunky-dory. But if, if you're in your subconscious, if you've passed by a painting, which is showing, a, you know, a very a sad scene, that's going to resonate and resound and reside in you for the longest time. You won't be able to shake it off for the longest time. And then when you're surrounding yourself with things that do not work, then your, some areas of very important areas of your life are not going to work then you can do anything you want, but the universe is stronger than you. The environment is stronger than you. And if you uh, arrange your environment in a more conducive way, like instead of keeping dead flowers, if you keep live plants, if, instead of having uh, an, clocks that are not working, you just have a beautiful pendulum clock on a wall that reminds you of the time if you really love clocks, you know. Don't buy all these antiques. Buy simulated antiques. Surround yourself with things that inspire you and... Uh, are actually, uh, you know, representing your life aspirations, what you aspire for. Often it's just about
1: recognising the pattern. One may feel financially stuck or stagnant, or that things are just about to firm up and then there's a roadblock. One needs to look back and see when did this start. Was it when they moved to a new home or was it when the space was redecorated? So many things could have contributed to one unintentionally fostering negative chi recognizing it means one can find a way to remedy it we covered so little and yet so much in our chat with samita so here are some tips to
2: help you harness the
1: right chi in your life
2: first of all is decluttering of course major mega because uh, there are some husbands who are or wives who are like clutter bugs so please encourage them to get rid of the clutter you'll instantly release energy when you do that there's one big tip Energy must flow to you like I told you, so when you enter a room, whether it's a bedroom or your study room, like this is, it should be diagonally opposite the door. The bed should be or the study table should be diagonally, never right in front of the door. A door should never open onto your desk or your bed. What then happens is that the energy smashes into you. It's called killing energy because it's coming in straight lines like shards, literally. Okay? So make sure you place your bed and your study table or any sofa or whatever not right in front of an entry point. Then for children, so when you make them sit do, for the study table and stuff, if you can make them face northeast, they're facing the education luck direction. And if you can't, it doesn't matter, but if you can arrange a table wherein they have their back to the wall and the table is in front of them instead of 90% of the time, The table is against the wall and they have the back to the rest of the room and you wonder why they can't pay attention and concentrate and sit there for long periods of time. They can't. The same thing also applies to offices, but sometimes you can't do anything about it. You should have the wall behind you if you can help it. And if it's not possible, then make sure at least that they're not sitting with their back immediately to the door, like the door is right behind them. Or there's a staircase that is going right down behind them because that is a complete loss of support because that means you wonder why you're being backstabbed and why you're not uh, feeling supported you've asked for it you're sitting at a cliff edge you know so look at these things you know like in your kitchen kitchen is it's a clash area because there's fire and there's water but it's also the nurturing area so it's an area of prosperity your stove, your oven there's one ground rule for your oven. If you can help it, please help yourself. Never place it on the northwest wall. If it's on the northwest wall, it burns the energy of the head of the household, which would normally be your husband or your father, whoever is heading the household, the man's energy, and also yours. It burns it. It's called fire at heaven's gate. It's a very heavenly mentor's blessings, that kind of direction. You must not have the color red and you mustn't keep your stove there, must keep the stove impeccably clean because that is called home fires burning, that is keeping your home going if that fire keeps burning means you're earning the money to make the food also the kitchen should be a place of harmony so you know you don't use big strong colors but use happy colors, pale yellow, minty green Warm orange, you know, those kind of things. Keep it like a happy place. But don't make it a place where you put loads and loads of family pictures, a temple is kept there, your altar is kept there. Don't have that. Because then I told you it's also a clash area because of the fire and water element. And don't forget, in the kitchen there are drains. Drains literally mean in feng shui, draining away of energy. They literally suck your energy down the drain. Children, another big thing is like I went into this person's house the other day, you know, and a big villa and then the child had a huge room and it was, she painted it in all the primary colors and then she told me how hyper the child is. Obviously you have yellow, green, blue, you know, yellow, uh, red and blue primary colors and then all the toys strewn about everywhere, bed in the middle of all that, uh, you know, clutter and a little study table tucked in how do you expect that child to ever be anything but hyper a lovely picture of you and your child is very important you your husband child or you and your child whatever it is if it's a single mom or dad it doesn't matter what that does is it promotes unity and it reminds the child of you being there for him or her so a family picture in a child's room is very important you must make sure that when they're sleeping, it's in a very calm, peaceful environment. And the same goes for you. Like, you know, people want to have focal walls behind the headboard. All the walls are one colour, but the behind the headboard, want one, one big, nice dark colour. Don't. In feng shui, they say the bedroom should have only one colour. Okay, the ceiling is normally white, but all the walls should be a nice pastel shade. No dark, dingy shades. Bright shades, not at all, because you don't need that vibrancy. You need tranquility. It's a place of rest. Most of the time, we axe our own feet without realizing it, you know. So like like I say, in a young couple's room or even in a married, married couple's room, who are, you know, young enough to be a married couple, they shouldn't be putting up ancestors' pictures, spiritual pictures, pictures of them and their children. If they want their relationship to be like a rocking relationship and to have a really good relationship with each other, only have pictures of you and him or you and her you know so so you have that encourage that your relationship the bedroom is the relationship area of your you yourself and your yourself and your partner ways of attracting a, a person into your life make if you have a cupboard full of your stuff leave a little place empty for somebody else's stuff to come in there just a wee bit more you know and do and have pictures that kind of excite you and inspire you to go about keeping yourself open for a relationship. So you've got to be like kind of, be a little intelligent. Feng Shui is a big common sense logical science, you know, it's a real feel good. It's not meant to clutter up your home with hundreds of things. Think of it this way, life's short, right? You should be able to like pick up and just go somewhere. If you have this big load behind you, and then what are your children going to inherit? You know, like think about them too, right? more of but mostly and first and foremost think of yourself you have to love yourself not
0: everyone's situation or surroundings are the same your space should be a reflection of the life you want serving you and your family on all levels from the practical to the spiritual you can achieve this by cleaning and clearing out the dead things not literally but your old phones jeans that don't fit plants that have outgrown the pot and everything else that you don't need but have carried for years. The key is to let it go so you can let the positive chi flow. Join us again next time for more inspiring stories of NRI Women. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend and don't forget to rate us. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at hello at nriwoman.com or twitter at nri underscore woman. Stay tuned for highlights from the next episode at the end of the show. You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website www.nriwoman.com.
1: I'm Nenora. And I'm Bettina. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring and be kind. next week on NRI Woman. Google provides access to
0: information. It's actually level the playing field in terms of who has access to what information. Facebook provides connectivity to everyone across the globe. That's social enterprise. And so often when we're thinking about social enterprise, we're thinking social enterprise is really small, not-for-profit. Those are not true. You can see from these companies, if you, if you actually tackle social issues, you can become very,
1: very large. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe.